listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. I'm going to jump in today. I don't really have any other announcements. Uh, We've got, listen, we've got Last Gen Podcasts. If you've not subscribed, subscribe. Uh, Miracle Word Kids content. We've got everything. The free app's got it all. Uh, Jump on. You know where to go. You know what to do. Oh, look at that. Honest Gabe said, I ordered on Amazon and it said it should arrive December 30th or 31st. Just in time. Just in time. All right. We're jumping in. So we're talking today about these... uh, First of all, let me talk about the subject of strong Christians, Um, because sadly, there are people that don't understand this. They think, you know, just a Christian's a Christian, but that's not true. And we've dealt with that thought process at length um, in the broadcast. A Christian's not just a Christian. First of all, we do understand that there are first different levels of spiritual maturity. That's the first thing. Uh, Paul rebuked the Corinthians because of their immaturity, right? He said, you're babies. I have to give you milk when I want to give you meat. Uh, I'm frustrated about it. You're acting like mere men. And so we see that the Corinthian church was an immature church, whereas the church in Ephesus was more of a mature church. So first of all, Christian's not a Christian. There are different levels of maturity. That's the first thing that we have to understand. So different levels of maturity. But then beyond that, we could talk about the fact that there are different levels of faith. That's another, that's another marker in the life of a believer. There's different levels of maturity, and then there's different levels of faith. And that's also important because faith is necessary to do what God is calling you to do at any given moment. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we know that faith is the most important currency in the kingdom outside of holiness because it's the thing that pleases God. In fact, the Bible says that uh, if if what you're doing doesn't come out of faith, if it doesn't proceed from faith, it's sin. And that's Romans 14, 23. So a Christian's not a Christian. There are strong Christians. There are weak Christians. There are mature Christians. There are immature Christians. There are Christians that are full of faith and there are Christians that are weak in faith and there are Christians that are void of faith in, in, in some sense. So uh, you can look at the disciples. What did Jesus say to them? How is it that you have no faith? In another passage, where is your faith? So even the disciples uh, had to stay, you know, in a place of dedication to build themselves up. Then one of the things we've covered recently is the fact that Paul, the apostle encouraged the church in Ephesus, be strong in the Lord. So I want you to write this in the comments. First of all, today, it's very, very important. Make up your mind, make a decision, put this in the comments and say this, I will be a strong believer. Now that that's going to have to be something that's on your part. It's not going to be God that does it. It's going to be on your part. So I want you to put it in the comments. I will be a strong believer. That's huge. 
I will be a strong believer. Well, what does it look like? What does it look like to be a strong believer? Well, that's what we're covering today. What does it look like to be a strong believer? What does it look like? What are we going to avoid in 2022? Because that's what this broadcast today, this, this episode is all about is if I am strong, what will that look like going into the new year? Uh, if someone is weak, what will that look like going into the new year? See, it's important to have these parameters set to understand it biblically so that we're not wondering like, I don't know, what should I be doing to stay strong? What should I be doing uh, to avoid the plans and the traps of the enemy? We have to know the parameters so that we can stay faithful on it and build strength, grow in maturity and continue to see our uh, victories won in every battle. And so uh, I've got some things that I want to just go over today. I put three in the title, but we may have more than that because things are, are popping in my spirit and I want to share them with you. Um, the first thing that we're going to avoid, uh, I'm going to talk about it by telling you what we're going to do. We're going to avoid wandering through the year. That's the first thing strong believers are going to do. We're going to avoid wandering aimlessly through the year with no purpose. How do we do that? The way that strong believers will avoid that is by number one, waiting on the Lord. I want you to put that in the comments. That's number one. We will avoid wandering aimlessly by waiting on the Lord, by waiting on the Lord. Now, of course, this time we're getting ready to spend in fasting and prayer is going to be a huge step towards waiting upon the Lord. No question about that. Uh, as we wait upon the Lord, we'll not have to wander aimlessly because by waiting on the Lord, guess what we're going to have? Divine direction. We're going to have divine direction. We're going to have uh, instructions from the Holy Spirit because we wait upon the Lord. You know, one of the things that's interesting, we read Isaiah chapter 40 and um, verse 31. And we know this uh, scripture very well. The Bible says, but they who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So let's break that down for a second. First, the people that wait upon the Lord will have renewed strength. One of the things that brings you that renewed strength, first I should probably deal with wait upon the Lord. Uh, this Hebrew word here means to be bound together with. Those that are bound together with the Lord, those that serve the Lord, we're thinking wait like a waiter, not wait like he missed the bus, wait like a waiter. They that wait upon the Lord, they're bound together with him in purpose. Those are the ones that will have renewed strength because anytime you're accomplishing the purpose of God, he strengthens those and gives rest to those that belong to him, that are doing his will, doing his, uh, fulfilling his purpose. In fact, Psalm 127 and verse two says, he gives 
his loved ones rest. So we're not going to spend 2022 worn out. We're not going to spend 2022 wishing there were more hours in the day, wishing there were more days in a week. We're not going to spend it like that. We're going to spend 2022 in divine rest and in divine strength because we wait upon the Lord. A part of uh, waiting upon the Lord is, uh, as we said, we're going to spend time in dedication as we're bound together. I love that Hebrew word meaning bind together. We're bound together with the Lord, with his spirit, his purpose, his voice. And as we are taking steps to consecrate ourselves, we're waiting upon the Lord. We should expect to hear his voice. We should expect instructions. We should expect divine directions. We will not be those who wander aimlessly through the year. You see that happening all the time. You ever met somebody like that? They're just like, what, so what are you doing? What have you been up to? Well, you know, I'm just, you know, little of this, little of that, you know, these kind of answers, you know, it's like, well, you know, no, I'm just kind of waiting on doors to open. You know, you hear people talk about stuff like that. That's not what we're going to be doing. We're going to have clear instruction, clear direction, and begin to take steps forward to accomplish the purpose. See, you can't, and I want you to put this in the comments and in your notes, you can't accomplish a purpose that you don't have. That's so vital for Christians to get. You can't accomplish a purpose that you don't have. So unless we grab instructions from the Lord, how do we even know what we're supposed to be doing? You know, where's our focus? What are we supposed to be uh, uh, putting our effort to, toward? I, I love this. <clears throat> I told you, I've used this scripture before. So, such a powerful, powerful um, example of what it means to really wait on the Lord, especially when things look very, very turbulent on the outside. I'm thinking of King David in 1 Samuel 30, because in 1 Samuel 30, you know the story, I've, I've told it to you before, there at Ziklag, and uh, it, it, it's been raided by the Amalekites, all of their wives and all of their possessions, their children, everything been taken away from them, taken captive. Well, look, you would think in those moments where you're like, you know, they took my wife, they took my kids, they took my stuff. I'm going to get it back right now. I mean, he's a man of war. Why not go back and get it right now? But see, David understood, I'm not doing anything without waiting upon the Lord. Nothing. So what does the Bible say? <laughs> the Bible says, even though his people were mad at him, ready to stone him, that's a turbulent atmosphere. Even though that all that is, is taking place, verse 7 uh, David said to Abiathar, the priest, the son of Ahimelech, bring me the ephod. That's the, the priestly garment. So Abiathar brought the ephod to David and David did what? Inquired of the Lord. He inquired of the Lord. What's he doing? Waiting upon the Lord. Shall I pursue after this band? Shall I overtake them? And God answered him, pursue for you shall surely overtake and shall surely rescue. So David set out. Notice that David didn't set out until he waited upon the Lord, until he inquired of the Lord. 
What's the point in moving forward if it's not God's purpose? Going back to Psalm 127, the first verse, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. So what's the point of moving forward if God's not given you uh, an instruction yet? And he's always ready to give instruction. It's just that many people aren't ready to hear it or in, in position to hear it, which is why we fast and pray. There comes a time where your flesh has to be quieted, has to be moved out of the way, has to be subdued, has to be disciplined because the carnal nature is always fighting against the spiritual nature. That's Galatians 5, 17, that the flesh is constantly at war with the spirit and they're never going to allow you to do what you want to do. So there has to be a time where the flesh is subdued and the spirit can take over. And of course, we should never let our flesh run anything, but the key being, if you're in that position, and many people are, and, and you know, it's, it's something that's commanded by Christ that we're to fast and pray. So in this time of fasting and prayer, what are we doing? Waiting on the Lord. What's that going to change for us? That we won't be like those that just aimlessly wander through the year, wondering what we should be doing, how it's going to take place, when the doors are going to open. No, we're going to get an instruction from God. We're going to grab onto it, bite down like a pit bull, and we're going to run forward in strength and literally accomplish the exact thing God called us to do. So we're not going to be like those who are weak or immature that are just wandering because they won't wait upon the Lord. Strong Christians are waiting on the Lord. Strong Christians are seeking his guidance. Strong Christians are looking for instructions. These are the ones that will literally make massive changes in their generation. These are the ones. So that's number one, is that we're going to wait upon the Lord. Now, I have to transition here into something that goes hand in hand with waiting on the Lord. In, in 2022, strong Christians versus weak. The weak Christians, they will allow their dedication to wane to diminish their dedication, their consecration. You know, I told you before in this new book here that I did, the dedication page is very simple. It says this for the faithful, we will never grow cold and we will never fall away. Now I talked about this the other day, you know, those, even though those two things are Bible prophecy, right? The hearts of many will grow cold and many will fall away from the faith. Yes, that's Bible prophecy, but it doesn't say the hearts of all will grow cold, and it doesn't say the hearts of all will fall away from the faith, or all will fall away from the faith. You know what that means? There's a remnant of people who won't grow cold. There's a remnant of people who will not fall away from the faith. So our confession is, though that's going to come to pass as prophecy, that will never be me in Jesus' name. That will never be me in Jesus' name. So the thing that we have to recognize is that God is not deciding who is growing cold, who is falling away. You think God wants people to fall away from the faith? No. You think God wants people's hearts to grow cold? No. So get this, it's not God just picking and choosing, well, he's going to be cold, he's going to be cold, she'll be hot. You know, it doesn't work that way. 
we have to take steps to say, by this action, by this dedication, I will stay hot. I will stay on fire. My heart will be turned toward him and loyal to him. By this dedication, you see what I mean? So we're taking steps of faithfulness. One thing you can see, uh, let, me, let me give it to you this way. Have you ever seen, or let me just ask this question. Put a hand up in the comments if you've ever heard the term stress eating. Have you ever heard that? Stress eating. There are people that stress hits them. All these, what they see on the news, what they see at their job, what they see in the economy, all this stuff. And what do they do? Even if they were disciplined in the past, there are people who will throw out their discipline. They stop going to the gym. What are they doing? They're allowing their emotions to change their dedication. They're allowing their emotions to change their disciplines. You know, they get overwhelmed. They get overwhelmed with family, with school, with work, with the government, with the news, with all that's going on. And what do some people do? Uh, oh, I've done it too. But <laughs> what do people do? They start stress eating. They just eat their emotions. They eat their feelings. And it's not, it's not uncommon. It's common. Well, this is a picture of what I mean. What if we shifted that over into the supernatural realm? And the same stress triggers are coming at you, but as a Christian, instead of stress eating, what do you do? Uh, instead of letting that discipline go, you let your spiritual disciplines go. What if instead of stress eating, there were people that um, stopped reading the word, stopped praying. Well, I'm just, I don't feel like praying right now. You know, They stop attending church. They stop fasting and praying. They stop their giving. They stop. And so all these things are happening and as a result, their dedication, their faithfulness, their spiritual disciplines start to diminish, start to wane. Why? Here's why. And this is, this is big. It's because it takes a strong Christian to see things going on around the world, in your society, in your culture, and not allow those things to phase you spiritually. It takes a strong Christian to do that. It takes a strong Christian. And in fact, you, and I've preached this hard, is that there are times when you have to throw passion out the window because passion doesn't help you. The reason passion doesn't help you is because there are going to be plenty of moments where you don't feel passion for that thing. You, you, there might be fleshly moments where you feel overwhelmed. The enemy's trying to attack. You don't feel a passion for, to read the word right now. You don't feel a passion to go and pray in tongues for, a, for an hour. You don't feel a passion to do it. That's why we don't choose to do what we feel like doing. That's why we don't allow how we feel to govern our actions. We go by uh, what we know to do, what our disciplines say to do. And so this is what a strong person does. We don't do it because we feel like it. We do it because that's what a strong Christian does. And see, by doing that, it's, it's pretty awesome because... They work together because the more you do them, the more you're on fire to do them. The more I wrote about this paradox in the book on fasting about how in the natural, it's really interesting because it's opposite in the natural, the more you eat, the more full you get and the more you don't want to eat. But in the spirit, the opposite is true. 
the more you eat spiritually, the hungrier you get. The more you eat spiritually, the more you want to eat. That's what Dr. John G. Lake said. He said, if I could impart one thing to the Christian, it would be spiritual hunger. And the way that you get spiritual hunger is that you eat spiritually. You don't starve yourself spiritually to get hungry spiritually. You eat spiritually to get hungrier spiritually, right? Um, And so one of the things that we'll understand is that as we, by discipline, by that, uh, we're going to set ourselves. This, this is why, let me give you an example. This is why putting yourself on some sort of a planned schedule for your spiritual nutrition is important. You just say, this is what I do every day. And I've dealt with this before. The more you uh, uh, put in place for yourself, the better you'll do. So what do you mean by, by that? Well, I brought this point up specifically when I was talking about James Clear's book, Atomic Habits. And we found through research that any hindrances that people remove from between where they are now and accomplishing their purpose it obviously is going to make it that much easier to accomplish that purpose, right? So let's say somebody gets up early in the morning to go work out. Well, what are going to be the things that are going to keep you from going to work out? Well, let's, let's take, let's take a couple of those. Number one, your warm bed. Who wants to get out of their warm bed early in the morning to go work out? So one of the things that they, they said you could do to get that roadblock out of the way, put your alarm on the other side of the room loud. So you actually have to get out of that warm bed to go turn that alarm off. Then what else? So well, I don't want to get up and find all my workout clothes and find my workout shoes. And you know what they said? Put it all out the night before. Lay your workout clothes out. Put them already in the bag. Put your shoes out. Get your protein shake already made, shaken up and put in the refrigerator. So all you got to do is put the clothes on you've laid out, grab your shake, you're out the door. Every obstacle you remove from completing your goal makes it that much easier to complete the goal. Then what if you chose to work out with two other friends or whatever? And so now it's not just like, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not going today. It's like now I've got two people depending on me to be at the workout and I've got to be there. You see, and so every time you set these things up, it makes it that much easier to accomplish your purpose. That's why I said, if you would set some sort of spiritual discipline plan, it's going to be that much easier to never grow cold, to never miss out on your faithfulness. Instead of saying, well, you know what? I wonder what I should uh, read today. No, instead of wondering what you should read, already have a reading plan set for the month. Of course, we have one set up for you during the fast uh, in the book, but what about every other month? I've given you different plans that you can use. You know, you read nine chapters of the New Testament a day. You'll read the New Testament every month. We've done all different kinds, but make a plan so that through your month, you never have to think, wonder what I should read in the Bible today. I wonder what book I should read today. Set your books of what books am I going to read this year? You know, from ministers that are writing on the word of God, what books am I going to read? I remember one of the, the thing that caused me to launch and to want to launch Miracle Word Radio, which is available, by the way, for free in our app. If you've never heard of that or you didn't know we had it, if you download our free app, 
uh, just search Miracle Word in your app store. Within the app, we have something called Miracle Word Radio, which is just 24-7. It never stops playing, preaching, and teaching. And um, what gave me the idea, obviously, to do that is Bishop David Oyedepo had uh, his own 24-7 radio app where, you know, it, it got me thinking instead of saying like, I wonder what I should listen to today on YouTube, or I wonder what message I should listen to today. You know, on the, instead of doing that, I could literally just open the app, push play and just start listening to faith, preaching and teaching. And I thought, what an idea. This is something that we should create for people so that they never have to sit around wonder on the way to work. You know, Oh, what should I listen to on the way to work on the commute home? You just push play on Miracle Word Radio, and just, it's right there for you. We've curated it. It's already going. And, and that, that's, you know, that makes it easy for you because you don't have to plan it out. You just hit play and open the app. You don't, you have a Bible reading plan. You don't have to sit around and think, what should I read today? You know what you're going to do ahead of time. And so uh, when you pray, you know, that's why we provide you with prayer points because you never have to start your prayer time thinking, wonder what I should pray about today. Start with the prayer points until the spirit of God moves you in another direction to pray something by the spirit. So we're removing those obstacles for you to keep your faithfulness on track because the more uh, obstacles you can remove, the more faithful you will be. See, weak Christians in 2022, they will allow external forces to weaken their dedication, their faithfulness. Strong Christians will remove every obstacle out of their way and keep their spiritual disciplines front and center throughout the whole year. You say, what, what are my spiritual disciplines? What, what is it that I should uh, be doing all the time? Without question, you should be reading the word of God daily. Without question, you should be praying daily uh, in your known language and in tongues. Without question, you should be attending church faithfully every week, every week. No question about it. You should be throughout your year taking time to add some fasting to your prayers. It's not, it's not some small thing. It's something Jesus expected of his followers. What else? You should be actively and by faith giving financially into the kingdom of God. These things are all spiritual disciplines. I heard someone say once that a Christian's wallet is the last idol to fall in their life because you can fake everything else. You can lift your hands and worship and you can praise and, and all that, but you can't fake giving. You're either giving or you're not giving. And these are all spiritual disciplines that uh, <clears throat> will bring you uh, supernatural rewards because God rewards those that diligently seek him. And so in 2022, this is number two, uh, strong Christians will avoid allowing their faithfulness to diminish. I'm actually planning for 2022 to be the most faithful, dedicated, consecrated year I have ever had in the history of my Christianity. That's what my plan is. I'm going to be more faithful in 2022 than I ever have in the history of my life 
You say, how would you do that? I mean, you're already a preacher. Yeah, but I'm going to read more of the word than I ever have. I'm going to pray more than I ever have. I'm going to fast more than I ever have. Without question, I'm going to give more than I've ever given. I'm going to do everything on the, on the next level. Everything. My praise is going to be more dynamic in 2022. My worship deeper in 2022. I'm going to make sure that I'm not like some that are allowing what's going on in the world to, to let their faithfulness diminish or wane in this upcoming year. I don't care what the external stimuli is. It will never affect my faithfulness, my dedication to God. And so I'm making up my mind now. I'm making my plans now. I'll be more dedicated than I've ever been. Strong Christians will do that in 2022. Number three, one thing we have to talk about, and we have to talk about it uh, because so many people battle it. Um, but it's, it's the thought uh, of your, what's the best way to say this? Governing, governing the effects that your mind can have on you. The mind is such a powerful tool, but if you don't watch over it, it will run and rule your life. It'll rule your life. So strong Christians do not allow their mind, their soul to run their life. Let's talk about this for a minute because I know a lot of, I know a lot of uh, Christians. They love the Lord. They, they've been Christians for a while. You know, they're mature in other areas, but one area where they truly, truly struggle is this area of allowing their mind, their soul to run their life. They've never gotten or taken authority over the soul. I think it was in uh, Praise, Laugh, Repeat, the book that I wrote. I called it soul control. They've never gained soul control. And that's a sad thing because your soul can screw you up if you don't take authority over it. You know, if if you've never heard teaching on this, every person is a three-part being. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. Three parts. You are a spirit. You have a soul, but you live in a body. All three of those have to be curated, have to be taken care of. Your spirit man mainly uh, is taken care of by God. It's renewed day by day, Paul told the Corinthians. Your spirit man is renewed day by day. Of course, you can strengthen it. You can curate it, watch over it. Your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, your soul has to be renewed. Your mind's got to be renewed or else you'll conform to the spirit of this world. Uh, If your mind's not renewed, let me just say, get ready for a rocky life in Christianity (laughs) because I've seen so many people struggle on this. It's like they can never, they go from one thought to the next, to the next, to the next. They start wondering, they start doubting, they start, it's like waves of the sea, like the Bible said, driven and tossed. They don't know which way. This, 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 this. It's like hits them like machine gun thoughts. They cannot seem They cannot seem to get authority, take authority, control over this. And their soul runs their life. Very sad to see. But let me, let me, um, let me read to you what Paul wrote to the Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter 10. And, um, 
verse 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Verse 5. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Take every thought captive to obey Christ. That's the ESV. Let me pull this up real quick for you in uh, the New Living Translation and listen to this. In the New Living Translation, the Bible says, we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Listen to the New English Translation. We take every thought captive to make it obey Christ. Hmm. To make it obey Christ. So people say to me all the time, well, I can't control the thoughts that pop into my mind. However, you can control whether or not you meditate on those thoughts, right? So when those thoughts come to you, you have these things attacking your mind and people do have things attacking their mind. Don't ever believe for a second that people are just coasting through life with nothing trying to attack their mind. Every Christian will have something try to attack their mind, to attack their thinking, to attack their peace, to attack their joy. Every Christian is a target of the enemy. If you were not a target of the enemy, then what would be the point of God giving you the shield of faith to quench all of the fiery darts of the wicked one? If you didn't have any fiery darts coming at you, you wouldn't need the shield of faith. That's the whole point. And so the key being, yes, attacks will come. But the key is, how do we deal with these attacks? Most of the time, against our mind and body. How do you deal with it? Well, first, in, in regard to your mind, you better take those thoughts captive. You better renew your mind on a daily basis. Well, the question we, we ask ourselves, let me go back to Romans 12. How do you renew your mind? Because a lot of Christians have heard about it, but how do you do it? How do you do it? The Bible says this, uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, mm. but be transformed by what? By the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. So the renewal of your mind. One of the best ways, and Winona's a step ahead of me here, uh, one of the best ways to renew your mind is by the washing of the water by the word. That is found in Ephesians chapter 5. The Bible says that God has cleansed the church. By what? By the washing of water by the word. I believe that's the 26th verse of Ephesians 5. He has cleansed his bride by the washing of water by the word. So catch this now. The word of God has a or is a cleansing agent. It is cleansing 
water for your soul, for your mind. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter four, that the word of God, in fact, let me go there because this is important for us to hear in this context. Uh, Hebrews chapter four, the word of God is, this is the 12th verse, Hebrews 4, 12. The word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of what? Soul and spirit. So notice this, the word of God can come in like a sword and divide what is soul and what is spirit. Do you see that? Sharp, sharper than any two-edged sword, it's living and active. It pierces to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Now listen, verse 13, and no creature, no creature is hidden from his sight, but all who are naked, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. So get, get this in your heart. Now, the word of God is a sharp tool from heaven that can pierce and divide what is spirit and what is soul. Do you ever think about this? You can do things by the spirit or you can do things by the soul or by the flesh, carnal nature, spiritual nature. I've seen people do things even in church services. And there's people say, wow, that's, he's really in the spirit. No, he was in his flesh, in his carnal nature. I've seen people, and I write some of that in this book here, some funny stories of that, but it's just true. I've seen people do things that those that don't understand things of the spirit, like, wow, isn't that really great? No, it's not great. It's done through the carnal fleshly nature. They wanted attention. They wanted to be seen. They put on their spandex and brought their prophetic praise flags in a golf cart bag. And, and it's, it has nothing to do with the spirit. It has to do with wanting to be seen. It's pride. There are things that are done in the carnal realm and there are things that are done in the spiritual realm. And so one of the things we've got to see when we're talking about the word of God, it can separate the stuff that's soul from the stuff that's spirit. And so when you are, think about this for a sec. When you are reading the word of God, it's reading you. You need to put that in the, in the comments and understand it. You got to get this. When you are reading the word of God, it is reading you. It's reading you. And the Bible says nothing, nothing is hidden from his sight. No creature. So that means that one of the ways that God will change you, one of the ways that God will correct your soul control uh, as it's trying to guide your life is that as you read the word, and that cleansing agent of the washing of water by the word is coming upon you as you study it. Uh, it's not just going to cleanse your mind, but it's also going to bring conviction to areas of your life that you say, you know what? I realize now I've been doing this in the flesh. I realize now this is all my soul. This is my mind. This isn't the spirit of God. I'm, I'm believing what the world is saying. I'm believing what the culture is saying. I'm believing what the news is saying. This has not been spiritual. I've been living this area of my life in total carnality. But as you read the word of God, it's reading you and it will point out things that you can change by conviction, you see. And the word of God will do that. But then, not just that, but what else are we dealing with? Many people lack encouragement. And if you didn't put that in the, in the, in the comments, please do. When I'm reading the word of God, it's reading me. So 
on top of the word, how can you, how can you renew? Well, one of the things that I notice is that the, the apostle Paul teaches that when you pray in the Holy ghost, when you pray in the Holy ghost, you are truly edifying or encouraging yourself. That's in 1 Corinthians 14. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, you are encouraging yourself and building up your most holy faith. So I read this and I read it again last week. It's so, it's so good to get in your spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, 4. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself. But the one who prophesies builds up the church. So the word, reading the word, praying in the Holy Ghost. But then think about this. What about preemptively renewing your mind? You ever think about that? What about working? You say, what is preemptively, preemptively renewing your mind? What about renewing it before it needs to be renewed? You ever think about that? protecting your mind from needing to be renewed in that way. Cause you can definitely protect your soul from the, the nonsense that people try to pump into it. Uh, I think that the best way to look at that is what the writer of Proverbs wrote in Proverbs four twenty three. He said, guard your heart with all vigilance for from it flow the springs of life or the issues of life. So the the writer of Proverbs is saying, you better above all else, listen now, above all else, guard your heart, guard your heart. This is preemptively renewing your mind because think about this. You don't have to wash things out of your mind that were never there in the first place, right? You never have to wash things out of your mind that were never there in the first place. You can guard your mind. You can guard your heart. You can walk in the peace of God that passes all understanding and it will guard your hearts and your minds. So one of the things that if I can get you young, if you can start young, you know, before you've got 20 years of nonsense, guard your heart ahead of time. Don't allow just anything to come into your heart. Don't allow just anything to come into your mind. Don't read just anything. Don't look at just anything, right? Don't just go anywhere. Don't just connect with anyone. Guard yourself. Remember this about yourself. You are vitally important. You are vitally important in the kingdom of God. And the reason I'm pushing that so hard is because if you can see your value, how valuable you are, then you don't, you don't mess with stuff that's valuable like that, right? Uh, I think about it like when I was growing up, if you ever had a, a, a china cabinet where your grandmother kept all the china plates, the nice stuff that was only pulled out on Christmas and Thanksgiving and Easter, and the nice stuff, right? You don't go in there and start messing around. You're not wrestling around in the room that's got the china cabinet in it lest you hit it, destroy the China and in deep trouble for the rest of your life. You don't just throw uh, t- Chinese takeout on China plates. It's not for that. And so what are you doing? You're guarding those precious things. 
Why? First, they're valuable. Second, they're for a purpose. Uh, third, they mean something. They serve a very specific purpose. So what are you doing? You're guarding them. What's the purpose? You ever think, what's the purpose of a cabinet, a china cabinet? They're building full pieces of furniture to guard plates that you own. What's the point of the furniture? To guard and display the plates. So the key being, as Norman said, in New Brunswick, you're a pearl of great price. So what, what you don't want to do is cast your pearls before swine, the Bible says. I don't, if you understand how valuable you really are, then you understand what it means to take care of yourself, take care of your soul, take care of your mind, take care of your emotions, take care of your will. This is when people really need to get, I'm pre, you know, I'm preemptively renewing my mind by not allowing myself to be and stay in destructive relationships. I don't let people speak to me any way they want to speak to me. I don't just link up with anybody. I'm not desperate for another connection with a human being. I don't, you know what I mean? And even, even if you're in a place where you feel lonely in the moment, remember your value and don't lower your expectations because you're desperate to be. You're not desperate. You're valuable. Whoever gets to have connection with you gets a, a blessing because you're not a nobody, you're not worthless, you're not a mistake, you're not a screw up, you are a creation of the most high God and your perfection. He put his hands on you and he made you in his image and in his likeness. And anybody that has the blessing of being connected to you is going to experience joy because why? Because you're worth guarding because you're valuable. And that's the key. If you can keep that in front of your mind, I don't need people speaking to me like that. I don't need, and here's the other thing. Many times we get roped in to doing things because other people are doing them so that we can be a part of the pack. Do you know what's better than that? Is if, if there are times where you have to separate from the pack in order to keep yourself in a place of protection so that when the pack is struggling, they all have their, their, their group psychosis and their group depression and their group anxiety. You've missed out on that because you protected yourself individually. You know, we, and I don't want to um, uh, harp on this point, but we live in a society right now that everything is group think. They don't want individuals. They want group think. So, so for example, we're, we're labeled by our, uh, you know, our, our group dynamic and everybody wants to be, uh, I'm trying to think of the best way I could say it without offending anybody, but you know what, if they get offended, so be it. Dr. Jordan Peterson's done a lot of work on this where, you know, people are, are, are being identified by the structures in which they are, are made up. So for example, I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, let's say Richard is, is gay. Well, I'm not, I'm not Richard. I'm, I'm part of the LGBT community. I'm gay, right? Uh, well, no, I'm trans. No, I'm African-American. No, I'm, and, and what people are doing is they're trying to pull back on the individualism because it's not, it's not about the individual. It's about the group in which they identify. There's a problem with that because then who speaks for the group? Who makes the decisions on what's best for the group? Who can actually uh, think about this? Uh, forget the sin aspect of it. Forget all that. Think about this. If you do just identify as a part of some larger group, 
that that's just what you are, then who makes the best choices for you individually? Who makes the choices for your mind? Who makes the choices for your heart and your emotions? Who's making the group choices that's acceptable by the whole group? See, that's where, the, that's where it breaks down. Because what am I supposed to do now? Uh, forget the, the sin part of it, but what about just friends? I identify in this group of friends. Okay, so what's going to be the hierarchical structure that determines your mind, your emotions, your heart is going to be guarded? Or you say, well, this is what the group is doing. This is what, this is what we've always done. This is where we go. This is how we talk. This is, this is how we had So forget, forget all the, the, the sinful groups or whatever. Just say your friends. Well, you know, I've known these people since high school. Well, I've known these people since college. We've just been so close. This is what, we don't all feel the same about religion. We don't all feel the same about the Bible. But you know, we've been so close for so long. Here's a mistake people make. Because now you're identifying in the group think of the larger <clears throat> structure of your friends group. But who's making, let me ask you, if you're a part of that larger group, who's making the decisions that are gonna keep your heart in peace? Who in the group dynamic is making the decisions that's going to keep your mind renewed? See, that's what you have to think. Because what happens when the group think deviates from what the Word of God teaches? See, this is where it gets hard because friction begins. Because now I have to look different by ejecting myself from the group think over a principle that keeps my mind renewed and my heart in peace. And then they're going to be like, what's your deal? How come you don't go here anymore? Why don't you do that? Why, well, you, we've always, and I've known you for so long. Why are you changing? And people don't like change. And they might uh, reprimand you for not doing what the group expects of you. But that's the thing that we have to see in 2022 is that as these group dynamics are being pushed, see, and somebody that's watching might say, well, you know, Christianity is a group dynamic. That's just a larger hierarchical structure. Yeah, but the par part you're missing about that is that it is one, but with a set of parameters already written that will guard your heart and mind. So that's, that's what you're missing. Yes, Christianity is a hierarchical structure and a groupthink dynamic, but we didn't come up with the groupthink. God did. So you can't, you can't compare what your high school buddies have determined to be groupthink versus the eternal word of God has determined in our group is the standard. And that's the key is that you've got to be okay with temporary friction with those people who, if they truly were your friends, would want to see you do well in your heart and mind. I don't want to be, you know, because here's the problem. If you attach yourself to a group think, a hierarchical structure, and they go in a direction that's going to bring depression, guess what? Good luck. You're in that group too, because you went along with the group. What about when they go on the way that they think, the way they talk, the way they act, what they look at, what they read, what they confess, and it ends up being anxiety for everybody. Good luck. You're in that boat too. I don't have a desire to be in the boat for the sake of uh, feelings or the sake of tradition. Well, I've known them since high school. I've known them since college. I've known, who cares? Because what's more important is, am I pleasing the Lord and is my heart being guarded? I don't want, do you think there's any friendship on earth worth suffering with chronic depression over? There, I can get, tell you, there's not. There's not. There's just not. You think there's any friendship on earth worth suffering from anxiety attacks over? There's not. I can give you a heads up. 
Because the key being that if you truly understood it, real friendship, those that truly love you don't want to see you suffer. So why would we make group decisions that bring us into suffering? And the key becomes this. This is why our thoughts have to be taken captive. This is why our minds have to be renewed. And when I'm talking, you say, how did you get to where you're at now? I'm talking about renewing the mind. Because we're talking about preemptively renewing the mind. Doing things ahead of time. So there's not all that extra baggage that you have to deal with. Right? I don't want to deal with all that. I don't know. I don't want to deal with all that. So, you know, if, 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 let me give it to you this way. Let's say I had a really nice off-road SUV, but it was also a beautiful truck. Let's say, let's say for example, I don't know, this is going to be a weird analogy, but let's say I had like a, a really nice F-150. Let's say it's a really nice F-150 or something. It's beautiful, but it's got a nice off-road package. It's got the suspension. It's got the stuff, uh, everything you need. And I'm supposed to be pulling up Let's say I have like the King Ranch package and it's a beautiful truck, but I can, it can handle off-road or whatever. And I'm supposed to be bringing a bride to her wedding that day. And so I'm going to be pulling up in that shiny, beautiful truck, opening the door and out steps that beautiful bride. Well, of course, I'm going to wash the car. It's going to be spotless. I will wax it, the tires will shine, the rims will, will sparkle. It's gonna look perfect for that purpose, right? So why in, why in my right mind would I be like, you know what, I know we're going, but I, I, I love the fact that this truck can do off-roading. We're gonna take an off-road route to that wedding. We're gonna go mudding first. <laughs> like, can you imagine if I took that truck through mud and peeling out and there's mud all over the sides? No, I'm not going to take that route why? I know what my purpose with the truck is. My purpose is to bring the bride in a sparkling truck to her wedding. That's the purpose. So if that's the purpose, why would I take the route through the mud? I didn't have to go through the mud. I didn't have to go through the nastiness. And now I show up at the end looking like trash. I, I don't want to show up at the end looking like trash. So why take the path that draws the filth? This is the part that I never understand. Because people... Rather than saying, I know my purpose, I know the path, I could get there with no filth, why instead of doing that, would I say, you know what, for the, for the, for the, I, you know, for the sake of not having any friction, for the sake of not having any problems with my friends, for the sake of not getting anybody's feathers ruffled, I'm just going to go the filthy path. You know, I'll, I'll work it out later. I'm sure it's all right because there's a bunch of people doing it. Instead of doing that, preemptively renew your mind. I don't have to, you know, because the thing is, after I've done all that mudding in the truck, now I still got to get to the wedding, but now I got to go through the car wash again before I get to the wedding. Why? Because I took a route that was unnecessary through filth that was unnecessary. Now I got to wash it again. So instead of washing it again, why just not, why not just forget going through the trash at all. Things that you can have control over, why people make those other decisions is beyond me. And I know people don't like uh, confrontation and people don't like friction, but there comes a time in your life with Christ that you have to make up your mind. I would rather please Christ than please men. I would rather please the Lord than please people who don't care about my future and about my life. 
So in 2022, the strong Christians are going to take thoughts captive. Maybe you've been one of those that your mind has, has run your life in the past. Your thought life has not been renewed and it's run your life and you've gone wishy-washy between two opinions and all these stuff and double-minded person. And I, I get all that. It's over in Jesus name. We're taking thoughts captive in 2022. We're renewing our mind with the word of God in 2022. No question about it. And strong Christians will avoid having their mind and soul control them and they will walk in control of themselves, renewing their mind, keeping themselves fresh for God's purpose. So number one, wait upon the Lord. Strong Christians will wait upon the Lord, will gain instruction, will move forward uh, without wandering. Number two, they will increase in faithfulness, not decrease in faithfulness. Number three, they will gain soul control, take control over their thoughts, bring them into captivity, make them obey Jesus Christ and refuse to be governed by your soul. Let me give you a final one because it's popped up in my spirit before we started. I'll give you a bonus. And that is this strong Christians in, in 2022 are not going to be shaken by all of these so-called Facebook and TikTok prophets uh, that are all spewing these different words supposedly from the Lord that first of all, have no biblical backing, but second of all, they have uh, no encourage. Let me let me give it to you this way: If you constantly are coming across somebody on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, whatever, and all they have is these prophetic words of doom and gloom, with no light at the end of the tunnel, it's just God's judging America and God's judge, and every bad thing that happens is God bringing down His judgment upon a wicked people. And a, let me tell you something. If there is no light at the end of the tunnel, let me, even Old Testament prophets had light at the end of the tunnel with their prophecies. It was turn from your wicked ways. And if you don't, then this will happen or this is going to happen. But if you will turn and obey the Lord, your God, it was never just a straight up God's bringing judgment on murder. God bringing judgment. COVID is God's judgment. Riots are God's judgment. Shootings are God's judgment. And SARS is God's judgment. That, that, that wasn't in the Bible. There was always, there was always a light. God's not looking to destroy his people. For example, uh, one of the things that I was so tired of listening to was people talking about how, you know, uh, COVID was God's judgment. Uh, on the nations. And then you ask yourself, you have to ask yourself, if you believe that, do you think God just has bad aim? Because if he, if, if, if God's judgment is COVID on the nations, what do you say to all of the Christians who died of COVID? <laughs> Did God just accidentally get them caught up in the crossfire? It's like, oh shoot, that was supposed to be for the wicked people. I don't, I don't know how he got hit. You think God doesn't have good aim? And this is how these people are preaching. God's judging the nations with the COVID. So what about all these Christian people that are passing away? What about the Christian fires in California? Is God bringing his judgment on a wicked state? What do you say to people who are Christians, their business burnt to the ground or their, their house was burnt to the ground? What do you say? You know, okay, 
Tornadoes hit Kentucky. God's bringing judgment to the nation. Okay, I just saw a picture from this last Sunday. Two churches that were across the street from each other, both completely decimated by the tornadoes, and both congregations joined together in the parking lot to have church outside because their churches are destroyed. If, they're, if it's God's judgment, how is God destroying his own house? People don't even think before they speak, especially on social media especially on social media. So one thing that, uh, uh, and you know, I, I realize it's relatively ironic that I'm saying this on social media live broadcast. However, what I want you to get is this. This is not my ministry. You know what I mean by that? I'm doing this to strengthen you, but this is not my ministry. My ministry is preaching and teaching and laying hands on the sick and casting out devils and seeing the sick healed. We actual evangelistic ministry. I do this as a bonus to strengthen your faith. But you know, if, if this all went away tomorrow, I still have a ministry. You think about these people that are just doing this, they got their TikTok prophets, Facebook prophets in their mom's basement. And if it, honestly, if, if social media went offline tomorrow, they have no ministries. You're not a ministry because you have a blog. You're not a ministry because you have a cell phone that can go live. That doesn't make you a ministry. Ministry is ministry. And if you're ministering to people, you're ministering to people. So one of the things that I always do, I'll just give it to you guys as kind of a, um, a, a guideline. You can use it as a guideline if you want. I always check to see, does this person who is ministering on social media and given these words, do they even have any kind of active full-time ministry outside of social media. Because if they don't, what's the point? They've not proven themselves. They're a novice. They've not proven themselves in the ministry. They've never pastored a church. They've never run an evangelistic ministry. They're not an apostle. They're not a prophet. They're not a teacher. What do you do with a person who's given all these words on TikTok? Uh, you know, because they've got a cell phone? What if social media went away? Would they still have a ministry? That's why I listen to people who have proven ministries that have seen salvations and miracles and signs and wonders and seen God move through their actual ministries. That if social media went away, their ministry would still be operational. And I would encourage you to use the same criteria. Is this person you're listening to, are they just a radio personality? And you say, well, you, what about television preachers? Because that's what they did. I'm the same with that. If you've got somebody that all they have is a TV show, they're not doing any active ministry. I'm not saying that people can't be ministered to on a television show. I'm saying, what have they done that qualifies them to be a minister? You see? It's so important to understand that. Why would I listen to someone like Dr. Rodney Howard Brown? Why would I listen to someone like Bishop David Oyedepo? Why would I listen to somebody like uh, Bishop Kevin Wallace? Why, why would I listen to any of these people? Why would, I, why would I put their ministries on? Why? Because they actually have ministries outside of social media. That if social media went dead tomorrow, their churches are still running. They're still preaching. Why would I still, why would, why would I listen to men like my father? Because he had a ministry before there was social media. He'll have a ministry after there's social media. Social media is not the ministry. It's just a means to produce ministry. And I always look for people. If you have no uh, track record of full-time ministry, you've got no results. 
You know, it's like, can you imagine just watching somebody uh, get on their TikTok and get on their Facebook Live and their Instagram Live and all they talk about is how to do surgeries and they've never done a surgery and never even been to medical school? And then people are like, that's right. He's got it. He's hitting the nail on the head with the surgery talk. It's like, you've never done a surgery, dude. You don't know about surgery. People talking about revival, they've never held a revival. They don't know what it is to be in revival. They've never had a revival. You got people talking about why revival isn't in America. You've never had a revival to start with. This is the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Let me tell you why there's not more revival in our churches. Have you ever held a revival? Do you know what revival is? Have you ever, has God entrusted you with even one revival? No. So who would give a crap what you think about revival? Nobody. Nobody does. Nobody. In the same way that nobody would care about your thoughts on surgeries if you've never been to medical school and have never performed a surgery. It's just all, all it is is just opinion. And you're entitled to your opinion, but it doesn't mean it means anything. It means nothing. You can say it. It means nothing. Holds no value. Holds no weight. No one cares. And that's what I'm going to tell you because I've seen too many people bent out of shape and all, uh, did you hear what so-and-so prophesied on Instagram? No, I didn't hear it because I don't listen to them because I don't watch them because they're not valid ministries. And you can, you can see it. Take a look at their ministry. Is it functional outside of social media? If it's not, who cares? And in 2022, don't allow your peace to be shaken because you saw somebody saying something or prophesying something or saying, or this didn't come to pass. Who cares? Who cares? Run your race. Finish your course. Don't be so caught up. You know what's so crazy to me? Is, and and I'll, I'll finish here and pray for you. One of the things that's so crazy to me, we live in a generation, this huge prophetic movement. Everybody wants a prophetic movement. And they don't even do the basic stuff. You want a prophetic word and you don't even do the basic spiritual disciplines? That's stupid. That's absolutely stupid. So I, I'm, I'm just, I'm getting in on the prophetic. I need a prophetic word. I, I see all these, and it always happens. And I'm not against, obviously, I'm Pentecostal, charismatic. I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We operate in the gifts of the Spirit. We see the gifts of the Spirit. I prophesy. I give words and tongues with interpretation. We see the words of knowledge, words of wisdom, working of miracles, gifts of healings, gift of faith, discerning of spirits. See all of it. I'm not against the gifts of the Spirit. By any means, I'm for it. I'm an advocate for it. But what I'm saying is, we see all these people. You got us prophetic conferences, and everybody needs a prophetic word. And say, I'm just believing that my prophetic word is going to come in 2022. It's not going to be anything like 2021. Let me tell you, 2021 was like it was because you had no spiritual disciplines in place. So what do you think? You're going to get a prophetic word for 2022 and everything's going to shift and you won't have to do anything? It, it, prophetic words don't function as cruise control for the life of the believer. Crack your Bible open, say some prayers, and not just before you go to bed at night. Thank you, Lord, for a good day today. Give me a good night's sleep. Amen. I mean pray. I mean fast. Seek the face of God. Get a word for your own life. Read the Bible. Be faithful to your church. Give like you've never given. Faithfulness. Instead of waiting around for somebody to give you a prophetic word. That always happens with prophets. People come to my father. I say, Brother Ted, you got a prophetic word? You got a word for me? He said, yeah, I got a whole book of them called the Bible. Go read it. 
people looking for a prophetic word, they've not even done the basic shit. And you think everything's going to change because you get a prophetic word. It ain't. Says my uncle preached often. He said, you can't get to Timbuktu before you go to Timbuk one. There's a sequence. And so I want to encourage you do the basics, do what we call spiritual disciplines. You won't have to depend on some Facebook prophet giving you a word over your life. Now, if you get a real word, you take it into account and you step out on it. You obey what the Lord's telling you to do. But it's not going to take the place of your own prayer, your own fasting, your own giving, your own holy living, your own soul winning, your own. No, it's not going to take the place of any of that. It's a supplement too. Don't allow yourself to be shaken by things you hear people saying online. Stay in your lane. Stay on course. God's going to bless you abundantly. 2022 is going to blow our minds. It's going to blow our minds. The blessing that we're getting ready to see, the increase we're getting ready to experience, it's going to blow our minds. Hallelujah. I can't wait. I can't wait to see it. Let me pray for you here at the end of this broadcast, believing God for miracles for every one of you. And of course, we're going to pray for Lena, all those that have written in. We're believing God for supernatural anointing to touch your body, to touch your mind, to touch your family. And things are going to quickly change. Father, I pray for every man, every woman watching and listening. I take authority over these attacks the enemies tried to send right before the end of the year. We're finishing our year in wonders in Jesus' name. And we thank you for that, Lord, that you're opening up heaven over our houses, over our families, our businesses and ministries. And things are quickly changing for the better in the mighty name of Jesus. We expect to see wonders. Now in 2022, Lord, we grab onto that word you've given us. It's our year of divine possession in Jesus' wonderful name. We thank you for what you're about to accomplish in our lives. We thank you that it's quickly happening. Lord, I pray for those, including Lena. Lord, we use her as a prayer point. I pray that you would uh, touch her and all those that need physical touches today, physical miracles, healing in their body. I rebuke sickness. I rebuke infirmity. I rebuke disease. I commanded to loose its grip today and I lose healing virtue to every man and woman listening and watching. Be healed in Jesus' wonderful name. I thank you, Lord. You are the healer, the great physician, and we give you honor and glory for it today. Lord, those that have been battling, like I taught today in their mind, I take authority over that depression, that anxiety that's tried to uh, creep in and steal their peace. It shall not stay in Jesus' name. Be free by the power of the Holy Ghost. We thank you for it, Lord. We give you honor and we give you glory. Now listen, once again, we're getting ready to begin this fast. If you just jumped on January the 2nd through the 22nd, we're praying and we're fasting uh, people say, what can I eat during that time? Nothing. You can drink liquid, but we're not eating anything. This book is now out and available. The 21 day fast field guide. Uh, you can get it on Amazon right now. Um, and also the uh, ebook will either be up late today or tomorrow on Kindle and Apple books as well. You'll be able to get the ebook wherever you are in the world. It's already available on um, Amazon and every territory. If you want the paperback, you can go and grab it. And so is our first book on fasting, a complete guide to biblical fasting. These will help you immensely. Listen to me, especially if you've never fasted before. Uh, these will, 
the reason I wrote a complete guide to biblical fasting, it's the book I wanted to have in my library years ago that covered every aspect of fasting and prayer. I wanted every question answered. I wanted all the understanding to be in one place. I did a ton of research. I read most everything that I could find from Pentecostal authors in the last 100 years on fasting. This will help you. And then this will be a great devotional that we go through together for 21 days with a Bible reading plan, teaching, prayer points, how to begin and end a fast, how to think about fasting. This will help you as well immensely. Grab a copy. Uh, It's going to be great. Again, we're starting Sunday, January the 2nd through the 22nd. And I am going to be on with you guys uh, every night possible with night sessions uh, that I can, that I'm home if we're not in revival. So starting Sunday, January the 2nd, we'll be live at 9 p.m. Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, 9 p.m. And then we're headed out to revival in Indiana. But let me just tell you, every night that we're not Uh, In revival, we're going to be live through the fast at 9 p.m. Eastern time. So you'll have 1030 in the morning and 9 o'clock p.m. each night. So I'm very much looking forward to that. I love you guys so much. Let me give you an opportunity to sow a seed before the year comes to an end. We are setting our faith for the largest seeds we've ever sown to close this year. We're calling this our first fruits offering. We're setting ourselves up for the best 2022 financially that we've ever had. And so I want to challenge you to, uh, if you've not done so yet, go to miracleword.com and put a first fruit seed in your hand. Sow it into the kingdom, expecting the best year you've ever had financially. Carolyn and I are doing the same with with the largest first fruit at the end of the year's offering we've ever sown in the history of our lives. This will be by far the biggest. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to what God's going to do for us financially in 2022. For the month of December, we have Pastor Mark Hankins' book that we're going to be blessing you with. Uh, For those that are partnering with us at $85 a month or more, Faith Opens the Door to the Supernatural. Matt, do you have the slide on that one? Faith Opens the Door to the Supernatural. Uh, It's Pastor Mark Hankins, who we love so much. And... um, For those that are partnering with us, if you'd like to receive this book, miracleword.com forward slash offer. So we know where to send it and uh, we'll get this out to you ASAP. Um, I believe, not putting any pressure, but it's very, I'm going to say there's a very high percentage of a chance that the beautiful and wonderful First Lady Carolyn Elizabeth Shuttlesworth will be on the broadcast tomorrow with me. And uh, that will be wonderful. That will be absolutely wonderful. She's wonderful. I'm saying that because she's watching right now, putting hearts. She's flirting with me in the comments section. Uh, There might even be a few kisses on the broadcast. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be powerful. Uh, You don't want to, I'm announcing you. Maybe, I'm saying maybe, a a percentage of a chance that she may be on with a, a word for God's people. Get ready. Now she has to. (laughs) We love her. Yes, we do love her, Liz. I love you guys. Thanks for hanging with me today. We're live all week this week. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be a great ending to the year. We got New Year's Eve on Friday. I can't believe we're going into 2022 this, this coming week. Woo! It's going to be good. 
Listen, all of our revivals that are uh, confirmed are on the schedule page of the website. We would love to see you live in revival in 2022. Make plans to come and hang with us. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Cannot wait to see you. All right. I love you so much. Uh, you know what song? I, I, wanted, I wanted to do a song, Maddie, before we leave today. What do we got? I know we have, um, I'm feeling Pentecostal today. We got the Pentecostal song. I think so. Scroll all the way down. I think it's at the bottom. I feel like, what does it say? Oh, come on. No, we got it. I know it. Oh yeah, it's in there. Not the Antichrist song. That's got no power on it. <laughs> I love that song so much. Should be right there. Oh, come on. Wait, wait. Feel it. Get yourselves ready. Hold on to your chairs. Pop the earbuds in a little tighter. You know what? I want to encourage you, even if you're not home, if you're at work, get a dance a little bit in the office. Freak a few people out. Enjoy it. We're Pentecostals. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.